Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Strevens. Joining me on the show this evening was my good friend, Michael Fian. Uh, Michael and I mic'd up and went for a little walk and talk. Uh, he's the only other guest besides Devin to uh, endeavor uh, to try that format with me where we're mic'd up and walking around. Um, I think it went pretty well. I and mean, then we touched on a lot of interesting things politically, politically, culturally. You know, he informed me on the recent Seba Beach election. Uh, we touched on modern monetary theory, uh, the, the sort of incoming apocalypse, maybe. Uh, all these all these sorts of things. Uh, you know, I think Mike, probably by his own admission, is fairly left-leaning in his politics. And that's it's always nice to have a conversation with someone who, who feels or thinks a certain way, but is able to do so rationally and, and sort of uh, self-consciously, you know, without getting too tied up in the uh, ideology itself. Um, very open guy, one of the few guys I think we both feel that we can have these open conversations together and entertain ideas without, you know, subscribing to any one uh, school of thought. Uh, yeah, it was a real fun time, maybe a little bit of goofiness. Uh, we sat down for a few beers uh, at the Sherlock's Pub uh, near the uh, university campus, so that's also a first for the podcast, <laughs> live beers. Um, thanks to them for their service and the $5 beers. <laughs> Um, and thanks to Mike for his time and for his uh, his openness and his uh, his willingness to go anywhere uh, conversationally. So really enjoyed this one. Great time as the summer rolls on. Please enjoy this conversation with my good friend, Michael Fian. That would definitely be a headline. That would be. <laughs> I'd be. I'd be happy to go that way. Yeah. And, I, and it would just describe us as, uh, like, loser millennials. You know. For sure. That would be peak millennial. Yeah. Killed recording a podcast down it, by the university. Yeah. Uh, It'd be like all ten subscribers de- devastated. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Am I on your good side? Yeah. Okay, you're on my good, good side for yeah. sure. And I'm on your good ear, too? Yeah, my good ear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if my face has a good side, but... Well, I think it's all good all around. I yeah. You got We're not beard. doing video, so... That's I don't exactly need to worry true. about it too much. No. I don't <laughs> think I ever... Well, I might get into video, but... I don't know. It's a lot more work. Yeah. And I feel like to listen in the long form, it's more doable than, like... I'm not going to sit down and watch people. No. You interview people for an hour. I'm just not, you know. It's fine. But if I could, if I could listen ten minutes in my car, right? Twenty minutes while going for a jog or watching, um, you know, just doing stuff around the house, right? Then I'll get through the episode. All right. Well, I appreciate you getting through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's right. I, I think it's kind of cool too. There's like a slight layer of mystery. Not mystery, but just there's a bit of a disconnect and it's old school if it's just audio. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well. You ever play tennis here? Uh Uh-uh. No? No. 
It's where the rich people play. Oh. I only play for free. <laughs> oh, it's a club. Oh, wow. You gotta, you gotta pay to get into there, you know? This is the gated community. Looks like nice quartz. Sure does. It'd be nice to get in there someday. Yeah. <laughs> it would be for sure. Play a volleyball too, huh? I play volleyball here. Oh, you do? Actually. It's tough to keep people out here. You can just jump in. Yeah. And I think other people just paid. You know, oh, when I there's see. like 12 people paying. Right. You just pick Someone's back. paying. I don't right. know. They probably asked me to pay, but I just didn't. So. <laughs> no, no. I'm with, uh, I'm with, uh, uh, what's his name? Yeah. With uh, those 11 people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we paid. One of them paid. Right. <laughs> Great thing about volleyball. It's a team game. Exactly. Can't take us all down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Although I'm pretty all over the court, you know? Right. Did I tell you, uh, well, you know, because I'm just flailing all over the court. Right, right. And people know me for this. Okay. So then one summer during the regatta beach volleyball tournament at the lake. Right. <laughs> unfortunately, I went back to hit a ball and mm. I said, it's mine, it's mine. Right. It's mine. And wham, I hit Kendra Cowley. Okay. With my back. She's on the ground. Right. Didn't think much of it at the time. Sure. It's like, come on, we got to get back in there. Right. And then she's, she's got a concussion. Whoa. Yeah. So you backed so, up pretty hard into her. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, they weren't too happy with me. No, that's tough. Kendra and the rest Gary of her family. Her. Yeah. That yeah. live next to your family at the lake, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Um, but she went on to complete a double masters. Good. She yeah. could have had a triple masters, but. Well, I don't know. I think maybe you knocked the brain and you right. just knock it into the right spot or something. <laughs> sure. Right. She, she chose a totally different discipline. Yeah. She's actually now into, yeah. Oh, yeah. good. So you have some claim over that, I think. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think. I, I don't think it would have happened that way. No, but you never so. know. I think she would have been. She would have just had her bachelor's degree and never even pursued a master's. No. I think if you hadn't clubbed her over the head like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say clobbered over the head. Like I, I just backed up and her. Oh, okay. <laughs> backed up unwittingly. I feel like this is like my me too moment. Right. So, I don't even know. I don't even know if we started, but no, we, we've been rolling. I'm, we've been rolling. Okay, I'm we're canceling you now live on the podcast. Damn it! I really screwed this up. That's all right. You, yeah, you played yourself. Yeah. You played yourself. Okay, but one one thing um, I actually wanted to talk about. Watch out! Watch out! Watch out, Mike. <laughs> okay, we almost got hit. I almost got hit there. Jesus! What did you? What was it that you wanted to bring up? So you know, I was talking about. Uh, there's, there's uh, the long weekend at the lake cabin where I stay, Seba Beach. Right. Mm -hmm. There's, there's this election. It's a municipal election that okay. happens. Okay. At Seba Beach. Okay. It's for the town council. Okay. So, this is for a, a summer village of <laughs> 500 people. None of whom are full-time residents. Or There's maybe a what, few. Half? Yeah, half. Not too quarter? many though. Okay. Not too many. Okay. And this thing got out of control. <laughs> okay. Like I wish I made a documentary on it because I think that 
there there's just so much <laughs> going on there so like, much there it's a very privileged community right first of all yeah <laughs> um <laughs> walking in the middle of a goddamn road yeah it's under construction yeah so it's a it's a very privileged community right 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 but there's like these kind of uh factions that emerged during the election okay. and you think it should just be you know a normal thing where you just look at oh it's like people's neighbors right. people you know right what are they about what are they going to do for the town but it's actually so much more than that so there's like this division between front cabiners and back cabiners and what is it? and that's people who are on the lake people who are on the lake and the hicks that are out <laughs> away from the lake yeah basically the uh <laughs> you're kidding me yeah because people will divide themselves over any line they just they just need a reason exactly so it's basically <laughs> so you're a front cabiner we should say i'm born into the front cabiner <laughs> right. um but what's also unique about this is that <laughs> only only landowners can vote <laughs> so <laughs> it's actually pretty oh so only like one representative from the family could vote and their spouse and their spouse but that's it okay, so okay. me being in my grandpa's cabin i get no vote no you're, I, you're I, like a surf i'm like a yeah i'm a surf or i'm just like a foreign interference in the election like i've just come in to stir shit up foreign basically. interference <laughs> you, you, you fancy yourself foreign interference in the Siva Beach election? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. Right. So your so your dad voted? No, he doesn't own oh, your our grandpa. Cabin. Just my grandpa. I see. Right. You know? Of course. Yeah. 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 It's his, it's his, his cabin. Yeah. Okay. So, please continue. So, uh, it, it's back cabin versus front cabin, sure. but another kind of di dividing line is that the store at the at the lake mm -hmm. they are like pro development like they want more businesses out there they want interesting the Is boat that... launch open uh. at the pier um and so they basically treat the town council as if it's like an elite global cabal <laughs> <laughs> okay and they are kind of like they're like the rebels in this whole Okay. Thing. They're like the QAnon, maybe. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, they're like... Uh, this not, is, I don't want to go too far with that, but... Well, I think it's fine. Okay. You I mean, know? I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm calling the Siva Beach General Store the equivalent to QAnon. Yeah. I basically see it as um, the most comparable would be like the board of directors election at Mar-a-Lago. Okay. Like, this is the closest thing I could think of right. to what like, this is. Like, the stakes are really very low, Yeah. but they're not treated that way. No, exactly. It's treated as if it means a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, it's treated like you're going to be closer to God by the end of it, <laughs> you know? And you're pretty close to God out at Siba anyway, on a hot summer day. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. What more can you really hope for on a day like that? I don't know. Yeah, well, just a little sliver of power, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just power over your neighbors right <laughs> so who so how to go down or so basically there's 
the three I would call them establishment candidates. <laughs> like they're right. trying to Okay. They're trying to hold the mantle of what the uh, previous administration was doing. Sure. Okay. And the mayor stepped down after oh. 20 years. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I don't know why nobody really got his comments, but he's just like I'm out. He's like fuck this village. They like, could deal with this. I don't want to deal with this anymore. And like, is he like a, a business owner also? Like he's not, that's not a full-time job, is it? No, he's no. like my friend's dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's my friend he's Neil's a, dad. He's got a, oh, Neil. Yeah. Neil, what's the last name? Neil Thomas. Dude, I don't know if I ever met him or not. Maybe. Anyway, I, I'm for an interference out there sometimes. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I, I'm not, no, I'm more like an unwanted land, land dweller you know yeah, you're you're like a oh, alien species alien species yeah. for sure <laughs> okay so there's the establishment candidates yeah there's these three establishment candidates and they ran kind of like a slate like they had similar signs <laughs> and they're kind of like we're the same rational people you need to vote for if you don't want to turn Seba beach into a, a trumpian microcosm oh, okay. or something interesting so and that like supported by the general store no the general store are against these establishment folks right 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 i got you so then there's two kind of alternative candidates right They're kind of wild cards right 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 one of them is the owner of the mini golf <laughs> <laughs> this just gets better and better yeah and the other is a lady named karen who i know nothing else about hmm she's, <laughs> a, she's a karen though she's a karen yeah by definition only. We don't know. Yeah. That's all that's all I could really say about her. She's sure. a Karen. Like objectively. Then he tweeted out that fucking bizarre downtown travel advisory. Did you see that? Oh I I saw Yeah. Like I saw it a little bit. I didn't really read into it. Okay. But he was basically saying like don't go downtown, you're gonna get COVID. <laughs> It was, like downtown fear-mongering? It was downtown fear-mongering, but <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's so fucking dumb. It's, it was a stunt. Yeah. Because when you read what it said, all it said was, if you're going to go downtown, travel in groups and be aware. And if you see anything, call the police. What is he talking it's like, about? How else would I do? What else would I do? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> so wait, what does he want people to report? Like, is he, like, report people it's BS. like COVID stuff or is it different or is it just like community watch it's nothing I feel like he's trying to create this like uh you know this this dichotomy or this like <laughs> boogeyman of like yes. the downtown people like watch out if you're downtown right <laughs> I'm gonna be the suburban guy right I don't need the downtown votes those people aren't my people right they're too progressive so <laughs> yeah but it's like 10%, I was told 10% of Edmonton's tax base is downtown. You really want to alienate, a pl like, you really want to alienate the downtown? Yeah. If you want to be the fucking mayor? I thought he was, like, a big developer guy. Right. He's like, I love the developers. Give me the money and I'll let you build wherever you want. Right. <laughs> it makes no good, it makes no sense. Yeah. Because then... Right above that tweet is him putting up the Joey Moss road sign out front of the arena. It's like, wow. I feel like he just really wants attention. Yeah, kind of. 
kind of comes off that way. I, <laughs> I approached his campaign about coming on the podcast, and they said they'll think about it. And then all of a sudden, I'm on his email, and I'm getting the email blast. Oh, from God. Him. Oh, you bastards. Yeah. They're like, let's just harvest this guy's information 100%. and not go on the podcast. That is 100% what happened. Be sweet if your podcast became, like, a good platform for hope, uh, the uh, municipal election. It'd be pretty wicked. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm You could host debate. That'd be wicked. <laughs> I think I don't know enough. I think I'm a moron. <laughs> I'm slowly becoming educated. We could do like a, a kind of horse race style. I'm, I'm not really up on the candidates at this point, like okay. besides mayor, okay. but not the council candidate. So no, me neither, really. couldn't do it at this point, but it'd be kind of fun to do. Maybe. To do like a live, a live stream where we just are drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it matters that much. And I don't think I want to be that much of a tool. Yeah, that's true. But it'd be kind of fun. <laughs> it could be fun. Yeah. So speaking of elections, the, the SEBA election. Yeah, the SEBA election. Let's continue down So it's a road. big deal. So right. <laughs> to get to the heart of SEBA politics, you, you have to know what the people are talking about. It's not just the candidates. And right. okay. so there's this one Facebook group called SEBA Beach Community. Okay. It's a fairly regular group. Normal stuff gets posted for the most part. Right. And it's actually <laughs> moderated. So oh, okay. the candidates would post on this page, but there wouldn't be like comments underneath it. But then people started to get mad <laughs> and they said... They're stifling free speech. Exactly. They said, who's, who's moderating this page? Right. You look into it, it's the current mayor's niece. So guess what? There's this new page that opened up. Seba uh -oh. Beach Community Uncensored. <laughs> okay. That's where shit got real. I bet. <laughs> I bet. Unfiltered. Unfiltered. So I was really, tr I was really trying to like test the limits of free speech <laughs> and what you would need to do to get banned. Sure. Or to get censored from this group. Right. So you were trying in all honesty to. <laughs> to see what was possible. Yeah, you know, do a pressure test on sure, sure. how much are they actually going to stick to their, their guns on this right. uncensored stuff. Okay. So, you know, they had this one post about Seba Beach taking money away from peace officers and there's not enough money for enforcement in the summer village. Okay. I was like, I for one am happy that Seba Beach is one of the only jurisdictions in North America to actually defund the police. <laughs> and then I said, because I believe fuck the police. <laughs> you said this yeah. on the Seba Beach Facebook page. Yeah. Seba Beach Uncensored. Mm-hmm. I like it. How'd that go? Well, I mean, people weren't too happy with me. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy who was based, the moderator guy, uh, I look on his page and he has all this like pro-cop stuff. Ah, interesting. So, so again, there's a bias. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then he's kind of like telling everybody on the page, like, ignore this guy. <laughs> he's a problem. No. And I'm like, you said on the other page that the moderator <laughs> 
was dismissing certain people and censoring them and oh, you're doing the same thing snap. and he's like nope this is all free speech buddy i'm just telling people that i don't think they should listen to you that's too funny yeah so did the the elections happened they Has happened it, yeah it happened and so who won the establishment candidates won and then the two alt candidates mm -hmm. i don't know if it's fair to say alt right they're just kind of alt. They're just alt. <laughs> Alternate reality. Maybe. Yeah. They're in another universe. Yeah. They think that, like, Siba is going to be, you know, the next Whistler Summer Village or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many on the council? Three. Three. It's just three. <laughs> Plus the mayor? Uh, no, the mayor is what, so you elect three councillors, right. and then the three councillors decide amongst the three of them which one of them is going to be the mayor. What the fuck? And so, does, the, does the mayor have any additional power? Not really, I don't think. Like one vote? He's just got one vote just like the other two, you know? It's, it's, it's stupid. It's kind of stupid, it means, yeah. It it's kind of ceremonial, you know? Ceremonial. It's like, look at this guy, he's the mayor. <laughs> Because what good have they accomplished? Really? Like, is there a lot? Yeah. Uh, is there a lot that's required of that job? Yeah, stuff here and there, but sure. I mean, Not that I'm gonna socialize with they there, they do things, I suppose, but I just think it's insane how much it's been politicized and how people get so up in arms. Like the people that care about this, it's like, do they care about like real issues hmm. that like affect people in no. their in the real world, like outside of SIBA, <laughs> I don't think they do. I think they're just kind of like... It's theater. It's, yeah, a little right? bit. Like, it's, it's what did you tell me on the first podcast that DC was Hollywood for ugly people? Yeah. It's like, yeah. all politics, I think, is theater on some level. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I think you have to be willing to, to go there and to play the part. Right. And to kind of appeal to people's emotions. Right. Um, and that, that's really what it's about at some level. I think, I think we learned during this, this pandemic and how the politicization of that people, people are, would rather be led, I mm -hmm. think, than to be, to be left to make their own decisions sometimes. I think so, you know, um, and I think, yeah, the pandemic is a good example of of that like people wanted to be taken care of they wanted the government to step in if they right. weren't able to um, keep their job and mm -hmm. if they needed sort of protections um, and I, I think that is a kind of a, a role a paternalistic role or mm -hmm. a, a maternalistic role in that way yeah, and now as somebody, myself, who, who took advantage of CERB, yeah, like seven out of the ten times, yeah, it's hard for me to really say anything. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a hard line, or there's a belief where it's like that's kind of the beginning of this of this. Are you familiar that apparently at the UN building in New York, yeah, there's like these. It's like a mural for the future. Okay. And it says something like you you will own nothing and you will be happy. Like. Interesting. Could you see how CERB is the beginning of a through line to like the loss of private property? Um, I see what you're getting at. 
right. for sure. And and I'm not I saying think, I believe that. I'm yeah. just trying to have this. You're one of the few people who will entertain these sorts of thoughts. For sure. <laughs> I think it's a really, th there's a narrative that kind of the Canadian media has created about Serb and these Serb cheats, these people <laughs> that took advantage of right. Serb. And it's just really, I think it's a fascinating double standard because when the Panama Papers came out and they showed all of the ultra wealthy Canadians who exploited tax loopholes, mm -hmm. who were not really paying their fair share into the system, mm -hmm. the Canadian media didn't bite on it as much as they really should have. And I, I feel like they've really constructed this narrative mm. about Serb cheats and the money that you're um, losing to these Serb cheats is really nothing compared to these people that are uh, hoarding money <laughs> offshores or <Right>. in, <laughs> in tax havens or, or using any sort of tax loopholes. Hmm. So I think that's interesting. Well, that's an part interesting of it. perspective. Yeah, because but is that a case of the media just kind of knowing where their bread is buttered, so to speak? Like they don't, oh, yeah. don't want to go there. I think so. And I think if you look at you know the 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 newspapers in Canada, they're all owned by very wealthy people. <laughs> uh, um, so if you look at post media, Mm -hmm. It's owned by a wealthy family. Mm. And I do find that print media in Canada is more conservative. Um, mm. and, and they do try to appeal to probably a readership that's getting older, uh. readership that's more conservative. So I, I just find kind of, I've been in these conversations or I've been in these rooms where they've talked about the fake news problem right, 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 and right. how we have to preserve print journalism as this beacon of truth. <laughs> and if you look at, there's a chart that shows endorsements from newspapers okay. of political parties before elections. Okay. And it'll show you like Edmonton Sun, National Post, okay. all the papers. And from like 2000, um, one, I believe it is, till now, it's just a, a sea of conservative endorsements. <laughs> and then you have Toronto Star that had right. a few liberal endorsements, maybe an NDP endorsement. But by and large, these are conservative newspapers. Hmm. Doesn't that strike you as being a problem to begin with, where like the media is endorsing a political candidate? <laughs> Yeah, I never really understood what kind of purpose that filled, you know, like, and it kind of, it, it kind of eats away at this independent, objective journalism idea, I think. It like, does. why are newspapers, <laughs> did, are, are they really trying to convince us as people that they looked at all the candidates, they looked at all the parties objectively, right. and they're like, well, we just had to come out with this, with this endorsement for this one party because they were the right one this time. Right. I, I don't buy it. I don't, I don't see why they need to do that. Or right. if they do do that, just come out and say, we have this partisan leaning. We have this right. 
you know, don't kind of hide under the shield of right. this is independent journalism and this is this is what we should be protecting in this country. Right. It's crazy to stand on one set of values like that, but then it's also like, well, again, in some sense, it's like you're just cosplaying as that. Yeah. Because they, they're still telling you how to think in some ways, or at least how they think. Yeah, exactly. And I think who makes these endorsements? It's really, it's the editorial board. Right. Do they get around a table with all of the col columnists and all the <laughs> journalists that they employ? I don't think so. I think it's just the editorial Unlikely. board. Right. There's, there's always that stratification within anything. Yeah. A society, a corporation, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I think there is, for sure. I think uh, talking about Serb, uh, I think it's, it's interesting because I've read a book recently Okay. It's called The Deficit Myth. The Deficit Myth. And it's about modern monetary theory. Hmm. So this is like a theory in economics. And basically the, the, the core theory is that deficits don't matter as much as people think they do. Hmm. And that and this only applies to if you are a currency issuer, if you can create money. Okay. So if you're a currency user, if you're a provincial government, right. then deficits definitely matter. Right. Okay. If you're uh, <laughs> a UK state, um, it, or not UK, sorry, if you're an EU right. state, if you're part of the EU, so if okay. you are Germany or you're Greece, then yeah, your deficits matter because you cannot just create more money right but if you do have a sovereign currency hmm. like in canada like in us sure guess what you need more money for the um department of defense mm -hmm. you just click a keystroke right and Pr it's there print it yeah um and basically all of this rests on the fact that you can't create unlimited money. Okay. So the real constraint in our economy is inflation. Hmm. And that's what people really need to be concerned about. So if inflation goes too high and our money loses value, then that's bad for the economy. Hmm. But deficits themselves sure. are not dangerous. They're not kind of what conservatives have been harking about for so long uh, harping about and saying sure, that yeah. you know we really need to get this deficit under control <laughs> is kind of a, a false alarm in a lot of ways and so when i saw trudeau spending on serb right and there's things he could have spent more on <laughs> i think yeah and even there's there's a criticism of obama coming out of the 2008 hmm economic crisis that he the, the stimulus package that he put together was 955 billion right because of political optics he wanted it to be under one trillion dollars <laughs> but there were a lot of economists advising him saying no this this type of um 
recession, mm -hmm. it needs more money pumped in. We need three trillion. <laughs> and I forget if that's the, the figure. Sure. It might be three or four <laughs> or something like Into that. Into the trillions, we'll Into say. Into the trillions. All right. And so a, a lot of economists argue that basically that recession lasted longer than it needed to huh. because of that constraint. Half measures. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. So I found, I found that book to be very fascinating and it just opens your eyes about what is possible <laughs> and kind of expands, right, right. expands the realm of, of political imagination. And, and in this book, <laughs> okay. it, it basically suggests that unemployment, it, it's a feature of, of uh, classical economics capitalism and that we could have a full jobs program. Everybody could have a job. Okay. If the government decided they wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, okay. Really though? Well, I guess they could. If they can print money, they can pay everybody. Yeah. The job, whatever the job is, is fucking relative. It could be anything. Yeah. It could, you know, there's so, there's such an infrastructure problem in the US and, and there is some needed infrastructure improvements in Canada. We could have people working on that. Um, That's that way more sense. than than they are currently. So okay, it's, it's an interesting theory. See now, this is where you. Well, I'm not going to tell you what you think, but like you, yeah. I suppose, would you be would you find yourself more in favor of exploring that rather than just letting unchecked capitalism basically inflate the elite and also expand the impoverished and destroy the middle class yeah as it seems to be doing absolutely i think um historically we are kind of at a breaking point people are at a breaking point right and you could see it more and more sure in politics you could see it and you could see more of these ideas becoming popular but i think that there's also a social cultural phenomenon huh. that's happening where people are starting to gain class consciousness yeah uh you know parasite was wildly popular sure. won the oscar the joker is really about class warfare huh. and i don't know if you've heard about white lotus which no. was just on hbo okay it's uh it, but it was it was a really popular series and it's basically about all of these different kind of rich white people going to this resort in Hawaii mm -hmm. and it kind of shows the contrast between the lives they live and the staff that's helping them the the woman that's managing the spa mm -hmm. or the people that help out around the resort okay and I thought it was a really great series that's neat for sure and it, it did it kind of dramatized class conflict that way yes Absolutely, it kind of it it it, it um, yeah really it really had a strong narrative about mm. how there is such a different life that these people live and they're existing in the same space, mm. and you can mm. see it from from both perspectives in that way. And one of the characters who is a Hawaiian native that works at the hotel okay he 
talks about losing the resort um, because it, it was the land that his family used to live on huh. and that his community used to live on. And so they lost the resort to, you know, basically the people that wanted to develop the hotel. Uh. But they didn't lose it through fair means. It was basically... Um, Colonialization? Yeah. Generally? Not, I mean... Yeah, it was like modern America, corporate sure. colonialization. Right. Pretty much. Like Avatar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? But and, and Avatar 2 is coming out next year. That should be Perfect. Good. More of the same. Yeah. That's interesting what you said up there is that it, it does feel like a breaking point culturally, doesn't it? I think so. Like it feels like a real... Maybe that happens in everybody's lifetime, but I, I do feel like, especially watching what's going on in Afghanistan. Yeah. And, and someone said they were there for 20 years. It's like yeah. something in our lifetime has now gone for 20 years. Yeah. It's like it, maybe it just happens. Maybe it cycles, but I don't... It's tough, man. I don't know... Hey, I don't know where we go from here as a, as a society. I don't think we get there collectively either. I think it's more incumbent on the individual to, to, to salvage themselves. Yeah. Well, it's... It, and it's interesting with Afghanistan that this has been a 20-year project that was kind of erased overnight or in, pretty, in a few weeks. Pretty quickly, right? Yeah. But in terms of, like, the way forward... Um, I think everybody is kind of trying to imagine that right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe I have a bias just being at this point at the age I am. Right. But I feel like it has to be harder now than in parts of our past to imagine what the future looks like. Huh. Um, and I don't think people know exactly where to go from here. Like, I feel like we had the, the Cold War and that was a fundamental mm -hmm. battle of ideologies. And then after that was this honeymoon of capitalism and right. global globalism. And now we're kind of at a place where we're like, we don't know, and a lot of people don't feel that that's working, but... right. It, it's really like we're going to there's a feeling that we're going to have to break some things <laughs> to try try a new system or to try a new way of living I think that's I mean that has to be it because if it keeps going the way it's going what's that look like yeah like all that dystopian shit you know and robotics and and you know less and less ownership of things none of that none of that was just conjured up out of nothing it was like we yeah. looked at the trajectory and it was like this is where this goes go this way or that you want to dip down here yeah yeah because when I talked to that guy on the podcast who was a, a aboriginal I guess an indigenous rights activist mm -hmm. and he said uh, he's like really for it to change for anything to really change basically we would have to tear down Canada as we know it mm-hmm I guess when it's built on colonialization and genocide, how could it possibly have moved to a place of, yeah, be, you know, being a place that suited or benefited everybody? That was never the that was never the, the plan. That was never the project. No, right. It was, uh, 
it was built, um, you know, it was built for those people that were at the forefront of that project, which mm. was, you know, white European men. <laughs> <laughs> like us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I do think, yeah, this idea of collective, collectivism and individualism, it is one that we have to, to wrestle with and what mm. that truly means. Right. And there is, you know, there's a lot of different metrics you can look at that by. And, um, you know, you can look at it economically, socially. And I think when we talk about it socially and we talk about identity and everything, mm. individualism really, in a way, should mean that people can choose to be who they want to be and choose to kind of represent themselves how they want to rep represent themselves. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that are kind of fighting for that idea of individualism, it's kind of like they want to be who they define themselves to be, but they also want to have the right to oppress others or hate others. Right. And so it, it, it's like, I don't even know if the term individualism really applies or if, mm. if a collective society is one where it's more like, you know, with that homogenous and heterogeneous societies. Mm. Like often I feel like collectivism has become kind of synonymous in in history mm. i guess with some sort of homogenous ideal and, and some sort of ideal of everybody being the same mm. but i don't think it needs to be that way i think you can have a society that's inclusive and where people can define who they are and behave how they want to be right. but they don't need to be kind of oppressed by the dominant identity right so yeah i don't know if it if it's individualism or collectivism or if it's more just when you're looking at socially if it should be homogeneity versus mm. hetero okay. heterogeneity hetero heterogeny <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's interesting i i think there's it's troublesome when you you well, it's an interesting blend of collectivism and, and individualism when yeah. so much of the individual identity is based on a collective belonging and, and being saying, well, I'm part of a group that's, you know, in conflict with another group. Yeah. And that's how I base my individual identity. Mm -hmm. So maybe, I mean, maybe the binary is just not the right way to think about it. Maybe not. Yeah. You know? Maybe it has to be, you know, even if you thought about it as a quadrant at least there's collective <laughs> sure homogeneous and collective heterogeneous mm. uh society and then there's individualist heterogeneous and homogeneous society but i think that the really interesting thing is that you know america was kind of the proponents of this individual identity right ideal 
in in a way, mm -hmm. in in, or at least they claimed it as as a feature of their society. Right. But I think it has gone to a point where a lot of people that say, you know, individual freedom so important are right. also like, no, we're going too far. We can't have people doing whatever they want or acting right. any way they please. So there's a bit That's of hypocrisy there, a little bit. And then you wonder if maybe, maybe the whole, it go, it's almost like talking about these newspapers that have a political leaning. It's like, was the project, you know, the project of going to the new world and being an individual and breaking new ground and forging an identity, was that just propaganda to make these people a tool of the, the you know, the capital, yeah. the, the globalist, the, the, uh, the colonialist project? Yeah. Maybe, it, maybe that's all it's ever been. Yeah. Like the more I, it's like sometimes Faisal goes back to Marx and other people have gone yeah. to Marx on this podcast. I'm like, it's not like he was wrong yeah. about some of that stuff, you know? Yeah. The exploitation of the working class. Mm-hmm. And I think also the, the idea of, of kind of freedom, uh, <laughs> you, you know, even talking about capitalism and communism and people have always thought economically capitalism is a system of economic freedom. Like you can make whatever you put your mind to. Mm, the sure, American sure. dream, basically. Right. But I see it as, sure, you do have freedom to make as much as you want, mm -hmm. in a way. So there's a unlimited ceiling or there's a much higher ceiling in that way. Yeah. But for people that don't start in a good place, there isn't freedom within the economy. And for people at the bottom, there isn't freedom in the labor market. There's people that <laughs> sure. <laughs> there's people that they can't choose what job they they have. They have to take whatever job they get offered, hmm. whether they like it or not. Right. At the wages that are legally allowed. <laughs> right. And so, is that a form of freedom to have to toil and do mm. do whatever you can to survive? in that society you know it's freedom for some and then right. it's freedom if you believe in the american dream but if you're someone that's just trying to survive and struggle right i don't know if it's an actual form of freedom really no i think that's totally fair again same thing sell this ideal of a dream to, yeah. to, to a billions of people over time yeah and you're going to profit off that yeah Exactly. Yeah, that's pretty wild. And that's, that's the whole... Because um, then you wonder, well, what is freedom, really? Yeah. And there are all these kind of international freedom indexes where... Oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> where there's measurements of freedom, and I suppose there's political freedom, too. Right. Like, your ability to vote. Right. Um, but it's, it's an interesting idea. And I do think... In terms of true socialism, that we really haven't tried it yet. Oh no! <laughs> Did you just say that? <laughs> I'm going there. Oh god. Okay, please continue. Okay. So. 
because that's a meme, what you just said, right? Like, that's, that's yeah. what they say. It's like, well, they try. Yeah, well, okay, fair. Fair, please. Okay, okay. I'm not a guy. Uh, I mean, I would love to hear about it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? That basically communism, as it has been attempted historically, there's, there's a lot of examples of, uh, you know, people like to point to Lenin and people like to point to Mao. Right, right. And what happened in Russia, the transformation from um, a feudalist mm. monarchist society to a communist society is, is basically the government taking control of of uh, ownership and owning companies, owning sure. owning property, sure. owning and uh, basically that that form was never supposed to be the the true form right of socialism and socialism basically means that people own it, workers own it. That's that's right. Um, and <laughs> it's, not, it's not centralized. Yeah, it's not centralized, as it has been in the past. Right. And there are there are um, certain successes of those projects, but there's also immense human toll that came out of them. Right. right. And they're not projects that we want to model in any way. But, so is that the fundamental difference that it has to be truly controlled by the, like decentralized, I guess. Decentralized, I think there needs, there needs to be democracy. People need to still have political hmm. freedom, political will, uh, the ability to right. participate politically. Um, and then basically, is, is there a world where people, workers can jointly own corporations and mm. share duties and share labor. And there's not one person who owns everything and controls everything from the top, but there's a collective of 50 people that jointly own a company. Okay. I don't know. I don't honestly fully know if I fully believe that yet, but it's something I'm kind of interested in right. and thinking about. Sure. It's like an ideal that you could pursue at least, what that would look like. Potentially. Potentially. Right. So. No, I, you, you uh, got yourself out of a pickle on that one because... Yeah. yeah. But that's interesting. And maybe it got me thinking about Bitcoin. Yeah. Because isn't that decentralized currency? Yeah, it is. Is that now? Could there be some form of? Because that could be revolutionary, right? I like I like the idea of blockchain. Uh huh. Um, okay, so <laughs> from, from socialism to crypto. <laughs> okay, there's some things that are good and some things that are bad. Um, Should go this way. Basically, I think I don't believe in shit in uh, a. The problem with Bitcoin, 
and other cryptocurrencies in my mind right. is scarcity. Okay. So there's a limit of how many Bitcoins will exist. And when, when um, the final amount of Bitcoin is available, there'll be 21 million Bitcoin available. Okay. And so Bitcoin and crypto purists will argue that this is what makes Bitcoin the best currency is that mm. there's a limited supply. Um, but I actually think that that is not necessarily a great feature okay. of a currency. I think, you know, as I was talking about with modern monetary theory, you need to be able to issue currency. And I think that government controlling currency is, is a powerful tool for sure. Okay. Maybe one of the benefits of blockchain is the ledger. Um, I don't know if I believe in an anonymous ledger okay. where people can be spending, there can be transactions and you could trace it back, hmm. but you can only trace it back to some random code that identifies someone. Hmm. Would we not want a more transparent ledger where transactions could actually be looked back at and, and you could say, okay, this person bought a house for, from that person, right? Uh, so they own it or this person made this transaction. Um, What's so, the resistance to that? Like, is it like surveillance? I suppose so. Right. I mean, this is what I haven't fully understood about the blockchain, Right. is that they say, oh, there's a ledger so you can look at all transactions. Mm. But then they also say it's, it's a cryptic ledger. It's one where everybody's identity is hidden. Right. So you could see it goes from this wallet with this address mm. to this other wallet with this other address. I'm like, well, I guess that could be useful if the people identify themselves, but. Right, it's, it's kind of useless in a way. It's kind of useless in a way. Like to have a ledger of all transactions right. could maybe be useful. Um, because then you could really follow where money comes from, where money goes, and you could see how um, how money is changing hands. Yeah. But to keep it anonymous, it's kind of like, hmm. well, <laughs> I, I don't know who that's who that serves supposed to serve. Yeah. But maybe that's it. Is like it shouldn't. Is that been part of the problem? Is that fiat currency or whatever you call it, sovereign currency, serves? serves the ruling elite, serves the government as a, as a sort of a mechanism of power? Yeah, I think, uh, well, I, I, I do think, yeah, when money isn't traceable <laughs> and fiat currency, it's only traceable as much as people allow it to be. Right. So hmm. it, if banks will open their books, um, which they won't, or I guess publicly traded companies, you can see, mm -hmm. you, you can't see all, all transactions, but you can right. see kind of spending at the end of the year. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's only as traceable as people allow it to be. Mm. Kind of with, with campaign financing, as an example, 
you know, certain jurisdictions, there's more transparency and, and there's a certain threshold. And then other jurisdictions, right. there's less transparency. Like in the States, you can funny, funnel money through these super PACs. Right. And <laughs> it's hard to tell who's really controlling these super PACs. Right. That was what that John Stewart movie was about. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> Did we talk about that? That was, uh, what, what, was what was that, that movie called? called again? I don't remember. It was like the one that came out last summer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it was rough, but then there was that moment in the credits where they interviewed that guy and he talked about the super PACs. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. And that was like the best part of the movie. <laughs> right. It's like <laughs> this the movie could... wasn't very good. No, the movie was pretty, pretty horrific. Yeah. I didn't mean to knock you off your, off your trail there that you were on. No, don't but. worry. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's interesting. It sounds like you read this book about, about monetary theory and it's kind of got you looking at things through that lens a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause that is to me the only, well not the only lens, but it's kind of the lens. Yeah. Like we, <laughs> I saw this meme where it was like, we live on a planet where food grows naturally and yeah. somehow I ended up with a credit score. Yeah. It's like, how, how did we do this to our, and so it says something fundamental, I think, about humans. Yeah. That we created this system of value. Exactly. And, and there's that other meme where it's like, humans are the only species that have to pay to exist on Earth. Right. Like, we're the stupidest right. species. <laughs> I know, like, wh why? Yeah. Well, that's a stupid thing to say, but it's, it's kind of... I think when, you, when we're talking about the future and where it goes, I think we need a better, I personally need a better grasp of history to have a sense yeah. of where it goes. Because empires rise and fall over time. I kind of yeah. feel like that's what we're in the, maybe the early stages of. The fall of the, the first Western empire. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. We're in, we're in the fall of the American empire. Right. For sure. And, and after the fall of the English Empire. Right. Um, and I don't think we know what comes next. Like, there is this kind of fear of China that people like to... <laughs> I think that, yeah. That people like to get kind of worked up over. <laughs> but it's also like... I, I don't think people really know the direction the world is going in, in in terms of if it's still a, a globalist world right and one country's more dominant economically than the other does it really change things that's a good point I, and i think that what the advantage that the u.s has over china is like a cultural mm. one is okay. that they they have this history of being a cultural behemoth <laughs> and Hollywood and everything that comes out of Hollywood has be, been this great kind of cultural machine right. for the U.S. that is consumed around the world. And there was um, a Chinese premier that said a few years ago that if, if China wants to be a superpower, they have to start competing on a cultural level. Ah. They have to have that output and they have to have that influence globally. That's really interesting. 
but when you, you talk about Hollywood or whatever that comes out of the states, that comes from a culture of of free expression and individuality, right? Like, yeah. what we know about China is that it's a bit more there's more censorship, right? Like, there's more government control. Yeah, there is more censor. There is more censorship. What kind of art comes out of a culture like that? Well, it's it's an interesting idea. Um, you know, and I think you and I are kind of very aware that there's been many great Soviet filmmakers. <laughs> true, true. And so, and, and there is great Chinese film, but there, but there is still that censorship that you talk about. One example of, of their censorship is, you know, it's not just based on um, maybe political or, or how inappropriate things are, but anything that includes kind of spirits okay. or ghosts is, is censored. And that's what my Chinese friend Lola told me. Huh. So she said anything that has any sort of spirit in it, huh. otherworldly, supernatural, huh. the Chinese government is not okay with that. That's interesting. Is that a, is China, like, is it a secular state? Like there's, or is it like yeah. secular generally in the population or like Christians I, aren't really a, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's certainly, doing too well over there? Yeah, well, it's certainly, um, it's, you know, in terms of the government, it's secular. Sure. For sure. Right. I just wonder about the pop, like why, what's the, what's the fear there? Keep people from thinking about the metaphysical? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. Like, it, what is the underlying principle for banning that? Anything I, I, where spirits or ghosts appear? I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whereas, like, the ghost story is, like, a pretty big part of a lot of other cultures and, you know, storytelling across the world. Absolutely. It's that blending of the, you know, the surreal and the different, I guess, tenses, you know, past, present, future come together through the ghost story. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. And, um, yeah, I think there's, there's so many co countries where ghosts and spirits are a very popular part of right. storytelling um, and, and has been integrated into modern media. Mm. So I don't, I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> that's a weird one, but I... I, it's a, yeah, I don't know. So that's interesting what you said, though. Like, you, you said uh, people are getting worked up about this, this, this specter of a Chinese superpower ruling the world, but you don't see it as being necessarily... I mean, you're in favor of socialism, so yeah. I guess I'm just curious. I'll just take this moment to pledge allegiance to <laughs> Xi Jinping. And, no. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I know what you're saying. Because sometimes I see things that come out of China the way, obviously, there's, well, I'm not going to, we all know what we think we've seen coming out of China. Yeah. Is it not as problematic or is it not as, as worrisome then? I, I'm well, struggling to see that, but. Well, basically, I, I, don't, I don't see the U.S. as a moral superpower or one that has moral authority. Okay, okay. The way that they've... Well, they definitely don't. They've kind of, uh, you know, they, they have this uh, 
caricature of being world police and spreading democracy and spreading freedom and spreading human rights. And more and more we see the curtain being pulled back on this. We see it being pulled back um, in so many of the different interventionists. Right. Well, yeah, just a few days ago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, it is very problematic that way. Like, sh- does there need to be a global superpower? That's a good question. No, that is. I mean, is that a myth? Like, is that just a narrative? Because was the superpower just the colonializing hegemony, like the guy with the most might? Yeah. Well, that's what it was. I think it was it was that and but what comes with that is 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 the hegemony of of narrative and of mm. culture and the spread that it has around the world. Um and so, you know, in a in a globalist world that we have now. Mm. Yeah, does there need to be one dominant superpower because we see rise of China, we see the mm-hmm. fall of the US, but I, I just don't think it's so clear cut as okay. people think. No, yeah, I mean, because if there's still sovereign nations, then what, what okay, there's, there's a million other countries on the planet that aren't worried about being having to go to war with a superpower. Like, what's what do you really stand to gain? or lose from being or not being a superpower. Yeah. It kind of seems like an American <laughs> an American uh, narrative anyway. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And I think we've seen that, you know, there's so many American interventions that have right. failed. <laughs> right. So it's like, like uh, right. Vietnam, Cuba, sure. Afghanistan sure. failed. I don't think anybody's really going to argue with that. I don't think you can. No. No. And so for these, these countries that were uh, on the receiving end of the intervention, I think many of them came out of it and said, you know, screw you, Fuck USA. Off. Right, right. Isn't that a big part of what the problem in Cuba was? And that's kind of out of the news cycle now, but I'm sure it's not like it got any better, but like American sanctions on Cuba mm-hmm. are part of the reason the quality of life there is in the toilet. Well, yeah, I think that that is a part of it, absolutely. And if you look at the history of Cuba and the U.S., it's really interesting. Like, if you yeah. go back to uh, before the Cuban Revolution, mm. the Batista regime okay. was very friendly with the U.S. Ah, interesting. And they even had um, a lot of American gangsters <laughs> had hotels set up in Cuba, huh. in Havana. And they would funnel drugs through there. They saw it as this beautiful vacation spot. Right, right. And it's just amazing to think about kind of how Cuba resisted that and how angry it made America and how Mm. um, America just couldn't accept that Cuba was going to kind of claim its own path and and its own independence so close to the U.S. right off of its shores in that way. Right. And so that that looks dangerous then when that sort of thing is happening just, you know, just down the way, so to speak. Yeah. And that, but is that, is that accurate? Like, 
Is it, that's like alleged, I don't know enough, but is that allegedly also why they went into Vietnam because there was communist uprising there? Like, mm -hmm. is that is that kind of always been the the reason that they print? Like, mm -hmm. this is the reason that we're doing this, but. Yeah, I think there's always kind of the, you know, it's it's the narrative that the American people are willing to stomach, and <laughs> for sure, it's it's the idea of manufacturing consent and right, kind of right, 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 giving the people what they need to believe in that war. Um, right, right. It's kind of a crazy thing to build up this system of values. Yeah, you know, freedom, individuality democracy, capitalism, and then use it at any at any cost, at any time to justify actions as long as we can paint them as being the opposite. Exactly. You, you know? Yeah. It's it, a hell of a long play. Oh yeah. By the by the Illuminati. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. And it's they totally create the goalposts. They Right. Uh, it's always within their framework of what freedom is and what all of these values are that you're talking about. Right. So, it, of, of course, they're always going to find a way to say that this country isn't treating, treating its people the way mm -hmm. it should, when maybe that's not the case. Right. And sometimes it is the case, but maybe it's not. And I think more and more there's examples of how the U.S. really isn't taking care of its people. Right. Yeah. That's kind of the, that, that's it, right? All that foreign intervention is stuff. And then it's like, well, there's some pretty hardcore poverty going on in that country. Yeah. There's obviously mental health and, and you know, drug addiction crisis yeah. throughout much of the population, racial unrest, social unrest. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so when Fidel Castro went to the UN, um, he told his people, I want to go to the Bronx. I want to see the people in the Bronx. Right. See how they live. Because ah. that's that's their example. Right. That's for um, huh. them to paint their picture too, of like, look at how the people in the U.S. live. Right. This is. Um, these are the people living in poverty and who aren't being taken care of right. by their government. Right. Because that's the baseline. Yeah. Or that's the metric. It's like that's really how you're treating the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> It's kinda of funny. It's Tuesday night, right? It's Wednesday night. Is it Wednesday? <laughs> yeah. hell. Is it Wednesday? Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> that's crazy, man. <laughs> I was going to go on some spiel about how we used to go up to Hudson's on Tuesday nights, but now I don't have that bit. I can't do that now. Well, I should have pretended it's Tuesday you night. Should have. You I should have just gone with it. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. That's, you know what? You can't, you got to keep me honest. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, you want to get a beer? Sure. Yeah. You I can don't... do it, right? I, we can do anything. <laughs> can we keep the mics on and keep rolling? I don't know. What do you think? That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> we could try it. We can't go into Earl's though. We'll be kicked out for acting like that. Yeah, that's true. We gotta go to some People other shithole. People will get. What about this Sherlock place? Is that? Where is that? Uh, is that what it's called? Over here, Sherlock Holmes. 
for the audience, uh, this is just a bit south of the Earls on campus. That's right, just, oh, corner, no. I don't know. <laughs> There's some bar over there for we sure. We can go over there. We'll, let's see. What are they going to say? Let's check it out. Let's check it out. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> Should we get a beer? Okay. I mean, it, it couldn't get worse. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, it couldn't get any worse. No. Oh, you're right. There's a Sherlock's over there. Yeah. Holy hell. So it I is called that. About that. Huh? Yeah, I forgot all about that. I'm the one that knows it's Wednesday. I'm the one that knows it's Sherlock. <laughs> I'm lost. Yeah, I'm lost. You're running this, this show. <laughs> Do they have a patio there? Oh, they might. I think they might have a little one, yeah. yeah. Could be nice, huh? Could be fun. Yeah, I'm into it. Kick a few bucks into the old economy, you know, yeah. do our do our due diligence there. Exactly. After talking about socialism for yeah. <laughs> Ah college days, huh? I know, I know. I'm pretty sure if you told me like, you know, ten years after going to university, roughly, you would then still be walking around there, but now recording your conversations as if you yeah. had something to say. Yeah. It's like that's what a way to live. It's how far have we come, you know? I'm not sure. I, that's a dangerous question. The man with the microphone. But I think my, my way of thinking is totally different than it was when I was going to university. Oh, totally. Like, we were, we were close to getting indoctrinated into a very leftist way of thinking. I Interesting. Think. Don't you think? Well, I'd like, like to hear you talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to hear you sell yourself up the river first. <laughs> well, I, okay, not, not, I mean... I'm thinking specifically about some of that 70s film scholarship, which was, which was Marxism dis disguised as art criticism. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't remember it super well, but that was a thought that I had. I know what you're talking about. Right, like this. For sure. The idea of like... But do you not see those things compatible, as compatible, like art criticism and Marxism? Oh, <laughs> certainly they are. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point for sure. Like, I mean, they're necessary parts of the whole. For sure. To create and produce and then to be the ones that basically deconstruct. Mm hmm I'm going to keep this rolling and just see what happens. This is, uh, this is kind of like, you know, I think if anybody's still listening, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no I kidding. feel like this is like a bonus track, you know, this on an is. album. Like when... 100%. <laughs> they don't have those too much anymore. You don't get enough of those. No. <laughs> but um, oh, they, they those make... are the best... Well, I wouldn't say they're the best parts, but... <laughs> did that? No. Hey, did that Kanye West album ever come out? Donda? Donda, no. no that doesn't come out yet. Oh. No. There's a new Nas album this week. Oh. That, like that would be worth listening to. Nas is pretty good. Nas is pretty good. So this, uh, this place is kind of happening, huh? Yeah. You want to sit outside? What do you think? Inside? Outside? Uh, outside would be nice, I think. Yeah. Can we I'd sit like outside? outside. What do you think here? Perfect. Yeah, beer, that'd be nice, huh? I think. <laughs> I 
Absolutely. We should have maybe started the podcast with beers. <laughs> we're just getting. Oh, I guess you. We both work tomorrow, don't we? We're just getting started. Yeah, we're just going. Oh, pretty good. good. How are you? Thank you. Good. Canadian Curzon special tonight. Also, five dollar bottles of Soul and they're half price nachos. I'll get a Soul. Yeah. I'll get Soul too. Sounds good. I'll be right back to that. Half price nachos, but you can't eat. You can't eat on a podcast. That's no, nah, that's that's, that's mean. <laughs> that's too much. <laughs> well, what about ASMR? Right. Could have, could just, uh, that could be the real bonus track. Yeah. <laughs> some spin-off IP, you know? What is it? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> We've got some ASMR nacho content coming here. You could listen I, to it as you go to I bed, think, maybe. I, I could clip it so it's separate. Yeah. And people could access it if they want it. Yeah. This is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, making content, huh? It's something. You have to. You really have to. Yeah, you just have to get out there. Um, That's all it is. Make content. I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with it. Yeah, totally. We're wearing these headphones. And we get some music. Some. That'll get me kicked off YouTube, won't it? Yeah, that's true. This is going to. I don't think it's. You think it's legible? Ah, no, I don't think so. No. (laughs) I mean, really, it's not like I'm. They don't get many listens. They're gonna monetize man. this episode. <laughs> so, I don't think it'd be like we don't want. It. <laughs> yeah. No, we'd really rather not. Yeah. I think they're gonna be like you keep it. I think it's. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep. We'll pay you not to. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only way the podcast makes money is like I said, with like a guest comes on, I get to know them, and I say, "Do you need some kind of video production?" Yeah. You know, I'm not. It's like your own promotional tour. Tool. Okay. It kind of is. Yeah. It's like a soft sell. Yeah. Do you think you could ever get a sponsor? Do you think it's kind of... I think it'll just take time. Yeah. I think you'd have to definitely have a niche if you're going to do that. You think so, eh? Maybe. Yeah. Or you just have to be like Edmonton. Because you are kind of Edmonton. I kind of am. That might be the niche. Yeah. Honestly, because I can't see it... I can't see it being anything else. Like, I'm not going to just talk to film people. No. I'm not just going to talk to political people like no the way I see it is you're like uh, grassroots more interesting Ryan Jesperson do you know Ryan Jesperson yeah I think he's cool I, I, I like him I don't listen to his show much but I mean he's he's, he's just um, he does good interviews for right. sure does he because yeah. he he got fired from Chad right mm-hmm. and then he went and just started his own show I yeah. think was that yeah, the thing yeah he got fired and then he just I don't think so no no thank you thank you and then he just did his own podcast right they fired him because he made fun of one of Mike Nichols staff or something he he called (laughs) (laughs) and they said it was racist or something it was really weird drink it drink it oh so they just they just wanted to rub him out because he was getting too big yeah it's funny because he he also is the the in-game host for the Oilers games right so I've worked with him a ton. Okay. Like he does the, awesome. throwing the t-shirts and all that stuff, right? Yeah. But he's not polit- like, but he's pretty left-leaning, isn't he? Like in his on his show. He's kind of like centrist, I'd say. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, cheers. Cheers. Thanks, buddy. We're doing it. <laughs> We're doing it. Mm. 
interesting kind of uh, neighborhood pub here. It is. Sherlock. I don't mind it. I'm not. Is this the same Sherlock's that was at the West Edmonton Mall? Like, is it the same company? The yeah. Same? I think for sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't there one downtown? Yeah. Yeah. On 99th or whatever. The one in West Edmonton Mall got shut down, though. Something else now. Oh, man. I haven't been in there in a long time. Yeah. I don't think I've been in the mall during the pandemic. No? Maybe once, twice. Okay. Are you a mall guy? You're I love the mall. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I can't stay out of it for too long, you know? <laughs> You're a Bourbon Street guy. Yeah, I've had a few times on Bourbon Street, I'll tell you that. <laughs> kind of surprising we didn't go there more often all those years. That's true, because you know? sometimes we were like so close, like my right. house or Lindsay's house. Right, but we... It's, it's yeah. like, why wouldn't we just go there? No, we could see it from where we are. Yeah. You know, we'd take the $30 cab ride, Yeah. you know, to White Ave. And I feel like uh, the kind of people we were Maybe we were more suited for a Bourbon Street than a White Ave. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we lost a lot of money on White Ave. Yeah. We could have been the kings Going of... Going there. Yeah, we could have been the kings of Bourbon Street, right. you know? How long does it take to get recognized on that small oh. little... <laughs> How Not many bars long. can you go to? Hudson's, right. Sherlock's... <laughs> Just doing the Bourbon Street pub crawl? Yeah. It's like four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I never went to that one place, though. So, the country bar or whatever it was. Is there a country bar there? Yeah, there's one that was right outside of Bourbon Street where you had to line up on the outside. I don't know what it was called. Oh, Whiskey Jacks. Yeah. Yeah, I never went there either. I remember I used to watch people from the parkade there. With, <laughs> okay. with some, I don't know. There's just times where I was in that parkade with people. Right. They were just watching the people in line up. Just like, just people watching? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I, I don't even know if I could go into more detail than that, but... No, you don't have to. I think I get the full picture. Yeah. <laughs> You're being weird in the parkade. Yeah, the mezzanine is where things get the most weird, I would say. The mezzanine, the middle level. The middle level, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're kind of pervy in the middle, perving down on people, perving up on people. Yeah, it's an interesting level. Sure. Let's, I'll say that. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. I don't want to make you say You know, anything. the people on, people from the sky can't see you. Helicopters. True. True. People from the ground can't see you. Mm. You're in this middle area where it's like, nobody's going to... Nobody, right. You know. It's like purgatory almost. Yeah. You're, you're not the highest of the high. It's West Edmonton Mall purgatory. <laughs> right. Basically. Which, West Edmonton Mall seems like a form of purgatory in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a consumerist purgatory. It's just, totally is. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's that's a crazy thing, isn't it? West Edmonton Mall. If oh you yeah. Really think about it. It's like, yeah. it's why? Like, what is this? It's our. It's this massive landmark for Edmonton. Right. It's uh. Yeah, it's kind of this central hub. You know, growing up, it's like. Right. That was a place. I went a lot. Uh, was it, eh? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you're West Side guy. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, it was always like this. I'm not gonna say it wasn't Mecca or anything, but it was like a place that was always attracting you. It was like yeah. I could, if I would go, if I could, right now. Yeah. Because you could do anything. Exactly. Right. <laughs> think Movies. About, think about like a minus thirty day in Edmonton. Right. Where could you go inside where you could walk around for like a decent amount? Right. It's the mall. It is the mall. Yeah. That's what they were for. 
maybe in some ways. You know what's weird about West Empton Mall though is it's on the outside of it, it's not visually appealing at all. No. Inside has got some pretty cool spots. Oh yeah. You know? Inside is mesmerizing. It is. Yeah. That's why we shot part of your short film there that time. Yeah. Remember? <laughs> In the Chinese market? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. We, Europa We Boulevard. shot a couple things there. I think Europa Street, maybe? Yeah. Because that's pretty cool visually. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pirate ship. Did we get that? Maybe. I don't think we did. Maybe no. we did. I mean, it we, wouldn't oh, fit. Oh, the casino. Part of the casino, or at least the outside, the neon light sign on the right. outside of the casino. Right. Sure. Do you remember when we went and saw Bone Thugs in Harmony? Yeah. At the, at the West oh, Mall that was bar. ridiculous. Man, that was a hangover and a half. Yeah. It was a lot of these waiting yeah. for the sh- final show. Yeah. Which was like one in the morning they came on. It's like one fifteen, and like forty-five minutes set. Yeah, and it was like three of the bone thugs <laughs> out of like there's a no potential harmony. five. Yeah, there's no <laughs> harmony. There's a lot of harmony missing. Uh, I think they played a couple Tupac and Biggie songs, so it's right. like. Really, how much original are we getting here? Yeah, exactly. They played how many of their own songs? <laughs> and they played, only sang some of the verses, because the Bones that weren't there, couldn't, th- they couldn't do their verses. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty half-ass ordeal. Yeah. But the best part of that whole thing was at the end. All the ladies come on the stage. All the ladies go on the stage. Those guys go out the back door. Yeah. House lights on. They're gone. Yeah. And there's just, it was a weird scene. Yeah, it's All true. the girls are up on the stage. It's like, they kind of punked us there. They punked us big time. <laughs> yeah. We fell for it. And then they went to Calgary and did it the same no- next, you know, <laughs> same thing next night. <laughs> did they do that there? Do you know that? No, I'm just assuming. Just, probably, though. How much do you think they get paid for a show like that? Um, Ten grand each? I would think at least, right? Yeah. Maybe more than that. So our tickets were probably like $30. Okay. Right? Maybe how many people could fit in there? Does that place even exist anymore? No, definitely not. Because it was, or is it the rec room now? Is that what that is? No, the rec room's on the other side of the mall. Oh. Yeah, there's always that, it's that corner spot where there's always been a club. Like it was. Yeah, it's M- always been something. It was Empire at one time? Yeah, it might be something different now. But there's two there's two clubs, right? There was the one that was uh, there was one that was a club, and then there's one that was like a concert venue. Or was that part of Ed's or whatever? Oh, yes, Ed's. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Good memory. Ed's was formerly Reds. Yeah. They just got rid of the R, and there you go. It's kind of like the Elks. Yeah. Just change the L to an, or the S to an L. Yeah. And the S becomes the Elks. That's pretty funny. And there you go. There you go. It's that easy. <laughs> Doesn't have to make sense grammatically. No. He... Nah. Go elk. I, I go think elk. it would work. It's fine. But you don't need the S, probably. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Although, I can say, working those two elks games this month, it's great to see that many people together again. Okay, that's nice. 30,000 people. Yeah, that's a lot. Yelling. Were people getting... Like, you know, a lot of people haven't been around people. Do you right. think they're all pent up and they're all like... Bit of a weirdness? Yeah. It's hard to say. Last Saturday was a pretty bad game. Like, they went down early and just it was terrible. Yeah. So people were just kind of angry. Like, I was getting heckled just for standing there with the camera. <laughs> so, so maybe. Maybe you're yeah. right. 
the night the, the week before it was a pretty close game. Okay. And, and it was a great energy in there. Yeah, people were pumped. People. Right. They were. It felt good. Yeah. It's a good point though. Do people remember how to be? <laughs> like out with people, like I know, ex I know. existing society. <laughs> as as it's always been a it's always been a wild card for me. Right. Know, I like, well, yeah, I <laughs> struggle with that at the best of times. Yeah. Did you did did life ever feel really weird for you during the pandemic, where it was like um, I, like the things that should have been normal just didn't feel normal? I don't know. I feel like I. I got online pretty, you know, like, <laughs> you I was like, fully I'm virtual. an online guy. I don't okay. know how these people that are, like, not living online lives, right? how they really made it through. Like, <laughs> But for me, I was like, the okay, boomers. I'm ready for the digital world. Like, put me in the metaverse. Right, just plug me in. Yeah, just plug me in. I don't need this. Like possessor, just. <laughs> yeah. So you never really, you just, like, you were kind of halfway out of real life anyway, living in the virtual <laughs> Yeah, I think I just fully took the dive. I was like, okay, well, if this is happening, <laughs> I think it was Animal Crossing too. Like the first three months, I was like, oh. I'm living a different life. I'm one of these stupid animals, and I have to pay off the debt on my house. That's Your animal you, house. That's how you start the game in debt. Is that right? Yeah. What does that teach the kids? Exactly. Like there's this Tom Nook guy who owns the island, and I, that guy's. I don't know. He's, he's a, a real, guy. He's a real capitalist yeah. scumbag. Exactly. I had I had Animal Crossing for GameCube, and I remember Tom Nook. Yeah. But at that time, I think he just didn't he just own a store. He owns a store, but he, oh, now he, he owns the whole island. Yeah, he's giving out mortgages. You know. Oh man. <laughs> Was he always that guy? I think he did it, but I think he's become more overt about it. Mm. You know, like he's not. He really owned up into that. Yeah. That role. Well, someone's got to. Yeah, Don't someone has to be the guy on that island, right? Like, I think. Or they could maybe, where are they going to get the lumber and stuff? <laughs> so he has to import the lumber? I, I don't know. Uh, and he uses his children as slave labor. That's a problem. Yeah, Timmy and Tommy Nook. Or Timmy his and own children. Yeah. And does the game address that as being morally okay? I think they just see Tom Nook as kind of Like, I would say at your your birthday, your first birthday of the pandemic, I definitely felt weird. Yeah. Like I didn't because there'd been like a good two months there where it was like really reduced social contact. Yeah. But really, after that, no. I never really like life. I don't. I was thinking about that today. I was like, I think my life changed very gradually over the whole year yeah. and a half. It never really took a dive. No. 
because so much of my work I did from home anyway. Yeah. You know? But then when I look back on who I was in February 2020 today, I'm like, wow, that, that's a different guy. Yeah. For sure. Thank there you. you. Go. You're welcome. And you've been on this journey with this this podcast. It's true. How do you think it changed you and the way you look at people? I only wish I started earlier. Yeah? I really wish I'd started like day one, like the pandemic's on. I, that that should have been, I don't, I don't know why I waited as long as I did. Yeah. But uh, I think it's made me a better conversationalist for sure. Like, Nice. We were shooting something last week and I, I drove home like four and a half, five hours with uh, with Barrett. Mm-hmm. And you know Barrett, like he, he'll talk the whole time. Yeah. But we, we got into this flow where it was like four hours of just incredible conversation. Wow. And I don't think that I could have done that had I not been doing this for okay. 50, 50, 60 episodes. Yeah, for sure. Just to hang in there and to like, because sometimes it's like, this guy's just blabbing, but no, it's like, listen, that he's he's working out problems in mm-hmm. a very long form verbal way. It's like, just let it, and then get in there where you can. Yeah. So I, I guess I just appreciate conversation more now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, That's interesting. The yeah. yeah. Do, do you feel like, um, like, better at asking questions or but do you notice the difference between like your podcast mode and you're just like talking mm. to someone mode are they I kind tr- of morphed into the same I thing? think they've kind of morphed I try yeah. not and, and be that guy I try not and be a guy on the podcast yeah I think I kind of come alive on the podcast a little bit okay nice and I kind of in real life hang back a bit mm-hmm. But yeah, it's funny now. When if I want a Zoom call with somebody, I just I, I, I start thinking it's a podcast and yeah. I don't know, just like we're trying to plan something here, like yeah. don't start talking about religion, you know. Yeah, you start <laughs> pressing the record button on the Zoom. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Why are you recording the meeting? Yeah. This is confidential. Asking philosophical questions. Well, I, I know. But then it started thinking like, why not? Because I saw this crazy stat where it was like some uh, real, real high number of yeah. conversations ended before both participants felt like they were ready to end the conversation. Um, a really high number? Yeah, meaning like, Interesting. meaning like, I'll cut a conversation short because I think you're done talking to me. Yeah. Or vice versa. But they say generally people are, and I have found it's like I'm done. They sound like they're done, but I'm gonna keep going. Yeah. And then it will take on a second. It's true. Yeah. Because I feel like, and sometimes there's like it an insecurity in it too like oh I don't want to take too much of their time or okay yes. maybe 100% uh, because recently like my sister and my girlfriend okay they accused me of being a lingerer interesting they say that I linger <laughs> in, in conversations like when we're at my lake cabin we'll be on a walk and we'll like pass by someone ah. start talking to them okay and after they'll tell me like Michael, there was like three exits. You could have left that conversation, but you just stayed. And it was awkward for everybody. But, okay, but do you agree? Like looking back on it now in hindsight? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like on Saturday, I went to my aunt and uncle's for That's dinner. Funny. Okay. <laughs> and Dinner was over, they're doing dishes. It's like, uh. Yeah, and, and uh, I didn't realize till after, but I, I like, went to their fridge a couple times and I took like five beers while I was there (laughs) and then I was like that's probably a bit excessive a bit excessive and they were all like falling asleep (laughs) and so Michelle like texted me she's never done this she's like text me like oh they seem pretty tired maybe we should go oh my god and then my cousin drove me home 
Okay. And then when he's about to drop me off, I'm like, well, do you want to go for a drink somewhere? Right. He's like, I think I'm good. Like. Yeah. Like, stop. <laughs> yeah. Like you, like the night's over. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's interesting though. Like, I guess if you're, if you're out for a walk and you stop, it's kind of like the walk is the project. Yeah. And that conversation doesn't, but if you're over at someone's house for dinner, I mean, but I guess you got to read the room, right? Yeah. I don't think you're a lingerer. I've never felt okay. that way. That's good. But That's I, good to know. I mean, we're, we like talking to each other. Yeah. I think. Exactly. Because we have a lot in common. Totally. We got a lot to talk about. Right. I think. Right. Plus, but you're in favor of socialism and I'm not necessarily. <laughs> Although you might sway me, you never know. Well, maybe just a little bit. Maybe <laughs> on some might. Some sure. ideas of socialism. But that's what you need, is that push and pull. Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, that open discussion yes. of ideas. And I think uh, you and I are two people that that are into that, for sure. And I, yep. I see you as someone who I, I can have an open conversation with, for sure. Appreciate that, man. That's... I think that's all we really have left in some ways, you know? <laughs> I mean... I really do feel like in some ways society generally is like it's bought and sold like it's over you know like yeah. we're the revolution is probably not coming but as long as we're free enough to do this then that that at least is all we can really do now mm-hmm. could we build on it maybe but our podcast gonna save the world i don't think so <laughs> yeah probably not <laughs> I, I hope not maybe someone will listen and be inspired and mm-hmm. change their mind about something and do something about it that would be nice that would be about all you could ask for that's about all you could ask for right (laughs) if if like one person listened to one episode and was like huh yeah that was always my i know you're not on instagram but that was always my approach with instagram was just all i ever wanted was my friends to be scrolling and see my picture and be like yeah cool and then to be turned on be like this guy to get horny off and think about me and have me fill up their mind for a day yeah and become just a superstar. Yeah. Be like, I never thought this guy was hot, but <laughs> now no. I see him in this light on Instagram. I think maybe he's and... hot. I should say they're not pictures of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I resist that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, has there been a lot of demand for my third episode? I don't know if I could say that, but I don't think anybody's... There's there's not a lot of listening going on. I mean, yeah. you get about 30 views on YouTube, maybe into 70, 80 if more people... If the guest shares. Yeah. And, you know, maybe another couple dozen on the audio side, but... You're tied... Sam Reed has done three. Okay. Is so that now the, you're, you're the, tied with three. Ooh. So that's good. That's we gotta, three? We gotta keep that going. Okay. I don't but want Devin's Sam... done like six probably, right? Yeah, I think eight now. Wow. Yeah. So that's... And is three the second record? It is, it is. Okay, nice. Your second. Recurring guest. Here's here's an experiment. Sure. You paywall this episode as a premium episode. <laughs> See if anybody pays. How fun would that be? Five dollars a month, they get this episode, they get every second episode you do. Just for this month. It's worth a thought. Use Patreon? Patreon, yeah. Yeah. I have thought about that. I'm like, what could I offer? I'll be your first subscriber. Okay. I'm sure you'll get at least five subscribers. That's you'll pay to be on the show? That's these these drinks, yeah. Yeah, the drinks are paid for. Yeah. I've thought about it. I don't know. 
I just don't think I get any subscribers. Who's gonna pay five bucks a month for this? What happens if there's like 30 people and they're paying for it every month? Like these people you, um, you know, that could, what happens if it's $1,000, $2,000 all of a sudden? It's possible. It's possible. I don't know if the content is strong enough though, but I don't, I don't think that matters really. Why do people, do you subscribe to anybody on Patreon? Uh, I used to subscribe to one socialist podcast. Okay. <laughs> Chapo Trap House. Chapo Trap House. <laughs> <coughs> not, Red, not Red Scare though. No, no. I, li I started listening to that one though. Is it good? It's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> I listened to that one of those girls, Anna, Anna Katchin, yeah. was on another podcast and I thought she was great. Yeah. She was just straight up. They're pretty interesting. There's nothing wrong with that it's like it's more nuanced than just saying it's a socialist podcast yeah. isn't it no for Thank sure you. and it's like they're they're kind of like comedy podcasts too right stuff like that so. right they keep it they keep it light <laughs> yeah keep it moving yeah <laughs> i'll set up a patreon for this and just see what happens just see what happens how do you you it's have hilarious. to you have to promote the patreon on the on yeah. the main show yeah, and you just link the episode, but it's like pretty much okay. like behind a paywall. I mean, why not? What do I have yeah. to lose? People and say this one is the first asshole. episode they listened to as a previous episode. <laughs> Us meandering, <laughs> me making an off-color comment ten minutes in, and then going to the bathroom. Yeah, and then we wandered down to the bottom of that hill, and then just kind of got lost and went in a circle and came yeah. back up. And then we came to the bar. I might, uh, I, I might have gotten hit, almost hit by a car once or twice. Yeah, for sure, at least <laughs> once. Yeah. <laughs> that could be worse. It's always what I wanted for this show was just a realness. Yeah. It's the same aesthetic as Driftwood. Yeah. You know, for sure. it was like none of it was perfect, but you were just in there for a, for an yeah. too too long probably, but you know you're in that guy's life. Yeah. That's why I never minded hearing the traffic, hearing whatever, you know? It's like, totally. That's in bed. Yeah. You know? People listen to it in traffic. Probably when we stopped to get a beer, they got a beer. I hope so. That's I hope how they're it drinking works, and driving you know? right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that, my buddy Pete, Pete Farnell listens to yeah. every episode. Oh, really? Shouts out to Pete. I know he's listening right now. He's nice. probably the only guy still listening. Holy. That's big. <laughs> but he's so like, does he give you comments or he does he gives okay. me a lot yeah he's wow. a very he's probably the most invested listener holy he like shout out to pete <laughs> <laughs> we, we love you pete we appreciate that you care as much as you do yeah but he said your podcast has the vibe of just like going for beers with somebody yeah exactly that's kind of what i would have wanted in a way um you know people People love the Joe Rogan podcast and mm -hmm. sold for like a hundred million. Yeah. I know he's talking to famous people. Right. But in ways I'm kind of like, I don't know why that's necessarily better than this. And it's kind of like an insane thing to say, but I guess the only, like the major draw is that he's talking to people that people know. No. So, right. And they think they're getting an inside glimpse of that person, I guess. Yeah. But on this one, it's interesting because there's, you know, I don't know all the people. But I'm like, oh, they have something interesting to share, mm -hmm. or they have a story, and you really do just sit down and talk to them. It's not too, 
it's not too interviewer or journalistic, but it's still like great questions, still mm. engaging and getting into their world and everything. So it, it's interesting that way, but it's also like, how, how would you get a wider audience, people to buy into it? I don't know. That's I don't a good know question. what the answer is to that. I think that's all really interesting what you just said. Mm-hmm. I would say since Rogan moved to Austin, Texas, yeah. like about a year ago, He's had, he hasn't had that many like big famous people on. Oh, really? Yeah, like, he has interesting people, but he hasn't had like the, like he has Elon Musk on yeah. a couple times. But I really do believe that like, it was Devin that first said this to me, is like every person is a universe. Like mm. like when I sit down with someone, I'm actually wow. entering into a whole universe. It, yeah. And we, we may not all be as in tune with how deep we are. Yeah. But like really, I mean, that's where the that's where the true depth in this life comes is within, mm-hmm. I believe. So yeah. that's why the podcast in this format is perfect because it is it is endless. Yeah, there's infinite universes out there for me to go into. Yeah, well, I love I love the freeform aspect of that too. It's like you're mm. gonna keep rolling, you're gonna go as far as people want to go. Right. So like, <laughs> you know, they gotta stop you, or you have to stop it for some reason. But it right. seems like. <laughs> you're gonna go as far into their universe as they'll let you. you know, I'd agree. In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. <coughs> I'd, say, I'd say last night I was t- I was tired and kind of phoned it in with Trevor. Well, it happens. Well, it no, does, it does. Human. We <laughs> did an hour and a half, and I was like, well, we, we gotta do it again, because he's just got so, but again, he's like yeah. carpenter, martial artist, yeah. film student, used to be a bouncer, married. It's like, yeah. there's a whole universe right there. It's like, yeah. it could be a six hour conversation. Totally. Could yeah. be its own own saga. Could be the Trevor yeah. saga. Yeah. As for getting a wider listenership on this on this show, I I don't know, and I don't really care too much. Mm-hmm. I want to keep it authentic. I think. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's been fun. I appreciate you coming on mm-hmm. three times now. Well, thanks for inviting me back. A couple times now. Yeah. It's good. It's been fun. I mean. The Clint Eastwood one was was different. I liked it. It was different, yep. But I mean, our first one was a. That was a good one. That was a groundbreaker for those. Crossed yeah. the two hour mark. Yeah. Had got a pee weird. break. Had a pee break. Got yeah. weird. Got weird. Yeah, went kind of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it got interesting, you know. <laughs> it's been funny though, <clears throat> because that, that was the early days when a lot of people were listening because it was new. Yeah. And like. No one, like very few people that I know are listening anymore. <laughs> I think, or they're not telling me about it. Okay. Or they say, oh, I'm behind. Yeah. It's like, well, how behind are you? Or Who cares if you're behind? Just listen to the, like, you don't need to listen to it in chronological order. It's not a serialized TV show. No, that's like, the other <laughs> thing. It's like, you can jump in and out. You can, you exactly. can even jump in and out of episodes. Yeah, totally. I don't, I mean, you do have to, I mean, you're in the business of content creation in some ways. Like, you know, is like, but it's different, I guess. I don't think, yeah. I don't see myself doing this for the audience necessarily. I mean, I appreciate that there's mm-hmm. people listening, but the the project, the process is really not about the audience. Yeah, Whereas that's I, fair. I guess you're in a more corporate level of film production. It's like the audience is kind of important. Yeah. <laughs> is that fair to say? Like, It's part of the business. Right. It's part of... Well, exactly. This is not a business. Yeah. <laughs> kind of sounds like uh, a Marxist type of podcast to me. You know, Shit. there's no... Uh, I'd be. 
But I own the means of production. Yeah. <laughs> but you're also the only one involved, so... Shit. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Without realizing it, I've become a Marxist. Yeah. <laughs> did you get... I don't know if we can talk too much about this, but did you have you heard anything about the digital content arm at Department 9? Is it uh, still in flux? Yes. I'll give you an update on it. Sure, sure. That's fair. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a cool idea, man. Because mm -hmm. you guys have all the... I mean, Department 9's great. They've got so much pieces in place. It's like a lot of potential. And once they find it... Totally. I think it'll... Just want to make content, you know? Right. Make good content. Yeah. I think that's what we're all doing this for, you know? I think that's it. Because it, it satisfies something within. Yeah. And then you feel like, oh, man, maybe we actually gave something to people that they wanted that helped or that entertained or that passed the time or yeah yeah some level was therapeutic maybe maybe that's the ultimate maybe. that's the kind of yeah like you remember back in the day when we were studying those those european new wave films or whatever mm -hmm. the, the, the the katano films was like yeah when you really dug into one of those films and realized what was going on it was therapeutic in a way or it oh, made you absolutely. understand higher truths about about the world mm-hmm about existence and about yeah. beauty and about everything. Um, so I think it does it does have that power. Yep. At a certain point, for sure. Right. It's kind of interesting with Catano is that <coughs> you know he had that motorcycle accident. So I think him making that art at that point was like mm. healing for him, and it was like he felt he had to do it that way, or he wasn't really <coughs> taking advantage of the life that was given back to him. Interesting. And so, for someone watching it, you, you really feel that, I think. A real sort of unique, like a real personal, every film is so personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish I could watch those movies again, but I don't know where I'd even find them. No, yeah. What if he's still know. making films, even? he might be here and there but not too much like what was the uh, outrage beyond outrage yeah <laughs> those were kind of just they got but they were interesting because they he were cool still it was kind of I I want to say it was kind of what Scorsese did with a gangster film but Scorsese never got that self-referential like that meta no. like maybe in the Irishman kind of in a way in a roundabout way a little bit yeah but with Katano in that outrage film, it was like he knew it was a, like a Yakuza film. Yeah. And that's why it was so ridiculous, because everybody yeah. knew, everybody was in on the joke. Yeah, exactly. Of how ridiculous it was. Yeah. And that's where you get, at a certain point, like, you know, Clint Eastwood kind of got there too, with Unforgiven. Sure. Um, <coughs> and I think that you have to, at a certain point in the genre, it's like everything. <laughs> has kind of been done within the rules and within the framework right. and within the world that you're like, let's undo it or let's right. let's, let's really explore what all of that really was. Right. And and again, it, it's, I keep going back to what you were saying about those newspapers having political leanings, which is so yeah. ridiculous. But it's like there's a reason that a genre exists. Mm -hmm. It's it's to it's to put ideas into a box and uh, into an object. Yeah. An object. You know, an object. And give it to you like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, but let me just pull that apart and put my own. Let me go into that. Yeah. Let me tell you what. There's pieces within there that I can 
rearrange however I want. Totally. And people, they start to know the genre, they, they're familiar with it, they feel safe, they right. know what they're going to get when you see a superhero movie today, especially. <laughs> like, there's some things that they think is subversive, but it's really right. probably not very <laughs> subversive uh. at all. And so I don't think the superhero genre has gone to that self-referential place. I mean, they've tried to with certain, I don't know, Daredevil or whatever, but I don't okay. even think that's really doing it. You don't think so? No, because it's still about the kind of glory and the hero and the, right. like, he's like, yeah, I'm a superhero and guess what? This is what this film's about, but I'm going to say bad words. <laughs> right. But it's like, no, you're just a different flavor. Like, you're a different brand. You're still a hero. There's still nothing that... <coughs> it's still the same narrative. Yeah. It still suggests that there's th something worth saving. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a community project worth uplifting. Yeah. It's like your cynicism is... Um, yeah, it's, it's basically like he's cynical at the beginning. Right. But it's like... No, there is exactly what you said. There is a something worth saving. That's right. what he realizes. And, right. It's the same old story in some ways. It's just that'd be interesting if those Marvel, like, if if the world really goes to hell in the next ten years, and then the Marvel movies become like subversive and self-referential yeah. <laughs> or whatever. That might be interesting. Yeah, I feel like as as long as they're still making money now, <laughs> they're like, we're not going to mess with this no. formula. <laughs> It's a, it's the yeah, because it's the same damn story. Yeah, it's the same thing all the time. I was talking to Devin one time on this podcast, and he was even saying that like the West, yeah, really can only ever tell the same story. And I think that old Marxist film scholar Gilles Deleuze said the same thing: is that it yeah. is the same story. It's the yeah. Jesus. It all goes back to the Bible, right? Right. Like that is the that, that's, that's the, foundation. the origin story, right? It is <laughs> that 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 things were terrible. Mm -hmm. And that somebody came down, or somebody came in, some figure, some one... That's the thing about the West, it's the one icon. Yeah, it's the singular hero. Right, kind of. that we load all that good stuff into, Yeah. and he uplifts us all. Yeah, exactly. He saves us, whether right. through a supreme sacrifice, or through mm -hmm. a triumph, or whatever. Right. Yeah, but it's all there, for sure. So it'd be crazy to think about doing some kind of narrative that wasn't that. Yeah. And even when you think about drama as it's unfolding, it's more like the innovations are you're 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 kind of pasting it on to right. modern life and kind of what does today look like. Right. But yeah, to think of doing something that's totally different than that narrative is it's hard to imagine. It is hard to imagine. It's like how you gotta really think you, you, maybe it goes back to breaking down the genre. Now we're not breaking down the genre, but we're breaking down the the whole structure of, of how we understand the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds ridiculous to say, but because that's what stories are, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have um, Have you heard of the book *Sapiens*? I have. Yeah, and and basically, he states in the book that. Why he, why uh, Homo sapiens as a species were successful becoming dominant species is our mm. ability to share story and our ability to gossip uh -huh. and kind of the cooperation that comes from that, so that we can we can cooperate with 
many people like obviously there's ideas that mm-hmm. the whole world knows um, billions of people but as as a species like other species they can only cooperate up to 50 50 uh, birds or 50 <laughs> sure, you know like sure. you can't have all the birds doing one thing right you can't Thank ha- God. like <laughs> that would be freaky and that's kind of like what Hitchcock was <laughs> that's what he was getting at, yeah maybe. that's interesting eh? yeah but it's like humans yeah sure we could all do at least collectively we could work towards one thing like we could all say okay we all want to go to uh, Mars now or, or something right, like right. that <laughs> and maybe we'll we'll all put our efforts towards that and it won't necessarily be unanimous but right. it's like still everybody knows that idea everybody's heard that narrative and everybody either agrees with it or disagrees with it but right. other species don't have the ability to even cooperate or have that conversation or anything and it's because of so stories are something fundamentally human mm-hmm. I think so yeah, that's crazy. I, I don't think do others speak like. I don't think so. That's a good question. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, no. not not in a way that we, because that was always the thing about humans is that we we we're aware that there's a that time is a spectrum mm-hmm. of tense of you know past present future. Yeah. Whereas other animals don't really know that. No. You know, I don't. I mean, they know they know that things have happened to them and things. Yeah. But they don't. I guess they don't know that things will happen to them. No. I don't think. I don't think they... I mean, I'm not... A, <laughs> yeah. But you hear what I'm saying. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> and it's like, even what they know, do they know it? They don't know it consciously. They know it maybe True. like their their body remembers it. Even like yes. if you think of a, a dog that's been hit it and it shakes and it has trauma. Right. And that trauma's in its body. It's not because it maybe remembers being hit or it's because it, it has like physical, fizzy physiological maybe right it's a reaction some, to that right it's a memory that lives somewhere else in some other language yeah the like batteries are going to die in there don't okay. we'll, we'll worry about it now but when the time comes yeah i heard i heard too like you know like little kids are little kids are afraid of uh like a baby, a baby is afraid of a spider before it knows consciously what a spider is because of some genetic memory. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty wild. Hmm. I think there's a lot to that, where it's like somehow yeah. that stuff lives, somehow that stuff goes down yeah. the line. I don't know. It sounds crazy. To, how could it? Exactly. And animals have, gen- they have genetic memory as well. They must. Uh, they must, because that's part of evolution. Like they have to learn to avoid certain species or avoid certain things, and I, I do think that's that's passed down. But they don't consciously know it. They don't consciously say, "Oh, oh if I go fight this other animal," like they 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 don't have that conscious awareness. No, I don't think so either. But yet, when you take your dog out, it knows to like sniff around for a yeah a spot and then piss on it. Yeah, and it maybe knows it's been there before. Like it's right. I don't know. <laughs> that that Thursday night at Doug's cabin, before, like a Canada Day long weekend, yeah. when you you came and I was there. And How are you guys doing over here? Pretty good. Yeah. Right, like, did you want another beer? I don't think so. No. Just the sure. Was it together or separate? I'll get it. Yeah, sure, okay, together. I'll be right back to I got it. I got, uh, no, people no. listening, no. I, <laughs> I'm getting the bill. 
<laughs> no, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um, that Thursday that you came, that we were yeah. all there, I was, I was... I think that was a Wednesday. Oh, God. <laughs> you sure it wasn't Tuesday? Yeah. <laughs> you anyway, pretty I, I was hammered, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but Norm, Norm was asking us, what are you looking forward to? Yeah. In his very teacherly way, you know. What are you yeah. looking forward to? I like that one. It's an interesting question. I'll Doug's asked one. me that sometimes too, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Because he's probably sick of hearing it. Or maybe he loves yeah. hearing it. Who knows? Maybe he likes it. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe Doug will listen to this one. I know he listened to our last one. Yeah. Did he listen to both of them? Maybe not the Clint Eastwood one. Who yeah, knows who got not. into that one? <laughs> A few people did. Remember that one guy did oh, on YouTube? yeah. <laughs> and he commented? He pretty much wanted to be on it, I think. He should have. With his comment. <laughs> Richard. Yeah. What did he say? What was his... He, he was pretty much Richard Jewell himself, I think. He kind of was that. Yeah. yeah. Just like a wannabe. Oh, that's interesting. Richard Jewell was a wannabe, but then in the end, he was kind of the, the moral yeah. figure. Yeah, exactly. He did nothing wrong. Although, the film was unclear about who planted the bomb truly. It didn't show them. Did it? I guess it showed, not. A, it showed a pair of feet put in the bag. Shot from on the ground. Yeah. And I think it was... It was more just kind of like, didn't matter who did it anymore. It was more like how the FBI treated Richard Jewell. And they were just jerks to him. <laughs> they pretty much were also just exploiting his low intelligence. <laughs> right, 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 right. They were just going <coughs> to railroad him. Yeah, and his trust of institutions and enforcement and everything. I guess not institutions, but police enforcement. Uh, yeah, please. So, uh, thank you. If I can find my wallet. We're, uh, we're recording a podcast. We're both wearing mics. But, no, I wanted to ask you one question. What are you looking forward to? What's... I'm looking forward to... Getting the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> no, really, though. I'm looking forward to my... To go to school. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is fair. Yeah. How old's your son? He's seven. Okay, so yeah, grade seven. two? He's going to grade two, yeah. We also have a three year old and a five month old, too. Oh, wow. Full but house. He's just, yeah. He's just so high energy. <laughs> he's a lot. Yeah, he's yeah. a lot. We go to the park. He's like, I just want to ride my bike. So he rides his bike in circles around the park while my three year old plays. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's getting to, it's getting to be a bit much as the yeah. summer goes on. Yeah. yeah. He needs his friends and <laughs> Ah, for sure. Yeah. That's cool. Did you want your puppy? Um yeah, sure when it comes out. If it comes out. Sometimes it's just cuz we're on the patio. Right, right. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Perfect, thank you. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you. Very honest answer. If you were listening, that was me paying the bill. <laughs> My debit card and machine and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks Mike for getting those beers. <laughs> no, Patrick's a great host. <laughs> <laughs> All the way. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Well, should we? Yeah. Mosey on. Let's do it. Gotta figure out how this is 
pocket. How do you even wrap a podcast like this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you can really. Yeah. You just you just talk it into the ground. Yeah. <coughs> just want to make sure I have my phone. You forgot your phone? No, I don't think I forgot it. I just want to. You got it all in your fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> the old podcast pack. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. Nice phone, wallet, keys, even. Mikey, we are in business. Nice. I was at Vancouver, in Vancouver last week. Okay. And at the new beach, there's all these like older guys with fanny packs, <laughs> but they always wear them right above their trunk. <laughs> like to hide their dicks? No. You think? Like they don't hide their dicks. They just try to sell you drugs out of the fanny packs. That's hilarious. Yeah. And it's always like, could you put the fanny pack down a little bit? Like. <laughs> <coughs> could you cover your your hairy old dick? Yeah. That's funny, man. So you've been approached by these guys to sell you drugs on the beach? Uh, I haven't been approached by them, but mm. I saw them and people told me that they'd try to sell you drugs. I see. The ones with the fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> what else could be in the fanny pack, really? Yeah, exactly. Were you like, nude? When you're on a beach, what other, what other accessories do you need? Well, really, I mean, <laughs> now were you nude? What? Were you nude? This podcast is over. Okay. I'll tell you, that's my line. This interview's over. Okay. He's doing Marlena Dietrich or whatever. She just stands up in the middle of the interview. Are you are you ending I'm this? Sure this off. No, no, we're still gonna go because we gotta get back to your house. You got nothing more to say? Cross the line with that question. Okay. <laughs> Oh, hell. God damn. This is like a sound art. It really is. Peace now. Let's just roll on some helicopters. The helicopter and traffic. Are you uh, gonna play some music with us on Saturday? Yeah. Nice. Sure. Um, I'll bring my melodica. Okay. Love it. Don't You're worry, not... I won't be snoring into it. <laughs> That's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Doug, Doug liked it at the last jam. Okay. So Were you? Okay. Were you able to to play it quieter? What's that? Never mind. Jesus Christ. Were you able to uh, play it quieter? Yeah. I can play with the dynamics, you know? Okay. Did you turn the mic off? Uh, did I? I think uh, it's not getting anything. Is it? No, it looks like it's on. Just not getting any levels here. Oh, okay. Um, it's right mm. here, right? Yeah. So it should be good. You muted it, you bastard. Oh. <laughs>
<laughs> Whoops. <laughs> okay, it's here right. I am. That's all right. Here he is. Uh, yeah, so you were able to yeah find a little bit of yeah. touch with it. I I could uh, a bit of finesse. I have more of a finesse with the dynamics. That's for sure. Right on. Yeah. Um, you know, I sit back, I listen, find my way into the song. Right on. It's a lot about listening. It's about what you don't play. You exactly. Know? <laughs> it's about the space in between. Spaces. And, true. And sometimes it's like when you're listening to a song, like a, like a song on an album, that second voice, that second texture comes in after the first verse, you know? It's like, let the song get to itself mm -hmm. and then lift us into that second part. That's true. You need the foundation. You need... Right. People are like, oh, this is like that. And then they're like, okay, Ooh. this is this is the next level this is where it's taking us right kind of thing i can't wait for the chorus yeah <laughs> so and i'm gonna sing along yeah i'm gonna <laughs> figure it out this is a um, baby baby shower jamboree that baby we booked to play yeah booked <laughs> are we getting paid for this shit how much are we getting paid for this shit i think we get to take home the baby three baby shower gifts that's pretty sweet randomly that's pretty cool. I'll take uh, if they get like a, you know like a a blender or something maybe. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, babies love blenders. Well, they do, but they don't need them. Like, well, maybe they do because they can only eat soft food. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that'd be the asshole move. Okay, guys, just take whatever. Okay, yeah, I'll take the blender. <laughs> yeah. Really? We need that. We gotta make the fucking mashed sweet potatoes. Yeah. What happens if you just blend it up like? Uh, fast food for your baby because you wanted to get them adapt them to fast food really early <laughs> so by the time they're three they're like mama 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 yeah, they're just absolutely jonesing yeah they see the golden arches and they're just yeah. freaking the hell out yeah i think it's they're a having bad idea flashbacks <laughs> i think it's a bad idea yeah oh yeah it's a bad idea for but sure. i i also know that my mom ate a lot of nw when i was in the womb Really? And I love A&W on, on another level. Damn. I'm not going to say works. I don't want to sell her out. It wasn't like a lot of A&W. Sounds like it had an <laughs> effect on you. <laughs> it, it sounds like oh, that's no. your intergenerational drama. <laughs> <laughs> I see the I see the A&W bear and I just start losing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my intergenerational trauma, the Papa Burger. Yeah. That's what ruined my life. <laughs> but you're not gonna bring the old piano or anything, eh? Are I you? might bring guitar. I think, yeah, I think you should. Yeah, I'll bring the guitar. But you're going to bring, I'm have bringing you talked to Doug about it? Yeah, we did talk the other night. Nice. I'm gonna bring the kit. I'm gonna bring the okay, drums. Okay, nice. And just That's cool. see how it goes. I like that. You need the full, uh, full gambit, the full variety. You know. I think. I, I, I think that's the way it should be. All they said was, "Can you come play some songs?" They didn't specify anything else. So. No, they didn't ask us a goddamn thing. <laughs> no. They didn't say, "Play originals." They didn't say, "Play covers." They didn't no. say, "Speaker system." They didn't say, no. anything. They just put on the invitation live music. I know, which is kind of tough. And they expected it to happen. That's kind I'm of not a, mad at them. No, I'm not mad at all. <laughs> I think it's cool, actually. 
I'm happy to do it, but it's tough when you get billed as live music. It's like, well, what are we going to do? There's kind of some expectations here. Yeah, exactly. So we have to do everything to lower those expectations. It's what a lot, a lot of life is. <laughs> is managing expectations. Is that how you look at it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sure. But that's how we're going to be the most successful. That's how we're going to blow them all away. I think that's true. You know, true. people come and they're like, where's the live music? Be like, oh, yeah, well, well, you know, like. We'll get to it, jeez. Yeah, come on. Like, <laughs> it's acoustic. Like, it's. Right. Yeah. But then suddenly we're banging on a full drum kit with a, a keytar and electric guitar going. Yeah. Oh, shit. So wait, Doug's just... going to bring electric guitar? I told him so to bring. So this is electric. This is an acoustic. <clears throat> no, it's not. It's electric. Holy. But. Well, what were people going to plug into and such? That's a good question. Should we go? Should cross here. <laughs> We haven't got killed this yet. This is a whole nother level. This I thought you were going to bring the, the bingo bongos. You oh, bongo. the box. I'll bring the box, but... That's what I thought it was. I thought it was Doug Acoustic, you on the box, ah. me on the melodica. We call it a night. I mean, Maybe we, we only play like only put at 11 p.m. when there's seven people left around the fire. Right. But only maybe it it's a different idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's the damn thing starts at 5 p.m. and I think we should have a set early. Holy man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'll have to see. All I know is I've been playing drums in the basement alone for like uh, like a year. Yeah. And I have to take them out and just see. Yeah, it can be true. terrible. And then I'll just go back to the box. <laughs> okay. Huh. But I have to know. I remember when Clint Eastwood's supposed to kill that guy in Dirty Harry? <laughs> and the yeah. guy goes, I got to know. <laughs> and then he pulls the trigger and nothing. Yeah. I got to know. I guess, yeah. We got to know. But I mean. Exactly. <laughs> didn't really practice or anything. You haven't practiced? I've been practicing hard. You have been? Mm hmm. So that's okay. You just got to accompany. You just got to find the key and just diddle away. Okay, well, that's well, usually what I do, anyways. Right. I guess. So it shouldn't and be too hard. No. I just would like to know my way around uh i guess my settings at least right you know but i what's think a that's good organ sound what's a good cool e-piano sound but i think if, like you say keep the expectations low and then if we get going yeah people would appreciate that because totally we're not selling it as that we're not professionals no definitely not i mean <laughs> if anything i'm out of practice yeah <laughs> I, yeah, I was surprised how I to practice. Like, I play a lot more drums than anything. So when I was playing guitar for hours, my fingers were just killing me. Yeah. The calluses are gone. Like, it know? just hurts, huh? It hurts. But I've gotten to the point where I can strum and sing and then play the kick and the hi-hat with my feet. Holy. So we're kind of... So we're, you're one-man band, I, then. Well, I could be. But then you add an electric guitar and a piano. Yeah. This could be the best baby shower ever. Holy. See, the thing is, if I play, if I bring a keyboard, like piano, mm -hmm. people are going to expect me to play with two hands. Right. <laughs> That's not, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. So if you bring melodica or guitar, you know, all, all you're getting uh, is one hand. That's all you really get. And I am perfectly cool with that. Interesting. Just be a one-handed man. Well, I'm just there to support, you know? True. If I'm doing two hands, I'm practicing, knowing what I'm doing, 
Right. Gonna really have my. I mean, I could get into the two hands, but. <laughs> I would hate I, for you to do that. I, I don't you know. <laughs> you know? I'm gonna buy one of those little egg shakers. So if you okay. wanna just shake the egg when you don't wanna play with two hands, you know, you got one hand free. Yeah, that's true. You can shake the egg. Play one egg with one hand, one keyboard with another hand. Could be. Could be. But the keytar has a certain uh, mystique and. It does has a certain power to it and if i really want i could actually just play it with two hands just put it on your lap but people don't expect it no so the guitar i can't believe you have one of those yeah <laughs> bing, bing, bing. the guitar kind of got a weird rap it was like this it was like this novelty thing yeah it was like the the 80s like kind of a joke instrument right but you could do uh you could riff on it Right. <laughs> because what's the left hand? Like it's got the keys, but then what's what are the buttons? Oh, that's just like modulation and oh, stuff. Okay. Uh it's really not Yeah. I was it's gonna not... say not a skill, but <laughs> I'm pulling back too much of the curtain here, you know? That's okay. Listen, the guy's gonna be playing the guitar live on Saturday at the baby shower. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. Now we can't drink too much. No, it's... We gotta drink a little bit though. Yeah, you don't wanna push Lindsay over and pop the <laughs> baby. No, that... <laughs> Not that I be the worst think that case would happen. Scenario. No, <laughs> but I mean that, I mean, liquor, you start on the liquor. Yeah. Where does it end? Exactly. People getting hurt. Mm-hmm. A little bit of liquor. Mostly babies well, getting hurt. They can't defend themselves, so. Yeah. I don't know what we talked about. Me neither. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Are we done? No. Are we ending? We're not at your house yet. We're okay. not done. You keep wanting to end it, but... <laughs> well, it's, it's been uh, quite quite a, a ride, for sure. It has been a ride. It's, yeah. I, I've, I had a lot of fun. I think we should do it again. Yeah, we should do it again. Next month or something. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because we gotta keep Let's do it. We gotta keep you getting getting you to episode four. Yeah, fourth, that's true. Right, like Sam Reed, he's gonna. Be, I gotta get my numbers up. Right. I feel. Right. And this is gonna this is gonna be the first episode on the Patreon, folks. So yeah. No so, one's gonna hear it actually. Yeah. A few lucky listeners that pay five dollars. Well, I'll be forever <laughs> grateful to. Yeah. Remember we were, remember at the Driftwood premiere when that guy walked in off the streets and was like, "What is this?" And he paid with change. Yeah. And you were like, "That guy right there." He, he just made you yeah, professional He's our filmmaker. guy. Yeah. yeah. He just made you professional filmmakers. It's true. And then he watched like 45 minutes and was like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Michael. I'll okay. let you go. Thanks, man. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> Thank you, folks. Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe as well and leave a five-star review.